Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 21 of the Educators Room podcast. I'm your host, Francesca Warren, and tonight we're going to discuss when is it okay to give a child a zero? Welcome back to the Educators Room podcast, a place for educators everywhere, regardless of grade level or content area. Put down your grade books and grab a glass of wine and learn with our host, Francesca. So tonight we had a really interesting conversation about when is it okay to give a child an F and a zero, I'm sorry, and what as teachers we can do to kind of keep the integrity of grading. So let me take you back about 15 years ago to my classroom. And in my classroom, my first year teaching, I taught in an inner city school in Memphis, Tennessee. And at the end of the first semester, there were a lot of kids who were failing. They were failing because they failed to turn in work. Um, some students just flat out refused to do the work, while there were other students who just didn't seem to understand that they actually had to work to get a grade in my class. I remember going to my principal at the time and asking her, you know, what should I do? Keep in mind, I'm a new teacher. Um, I've told her I've called parents. I've done contracts. I've had children sign their grade reports. Did they receive them? All of these safeguards that I put in place to try to keep children from failing. And she looked at me and she said, look, she said, your job is to pass students. Your job is to make sure that students are learning. So you have to figure out what you're going to do in order to get children to pass. So with that being said, a lot of the students that semester, they didn't fail. Um, and I was forced to give them makeup work. Looking back on it, um, of course, 15 years in the game, I have a different perspective, but I understand what my principal was trying to get me to under- get me to understand as a new teacher, that it's my job for students to learn. If you fast forward to 2016, my mindset has changed and that I really had to evaluate when is it okay or is it okay to give a child a zero. And after many conversations with coworkers and many discussions, I found and I believe that it is okay to give a child a zero. And not only that, Sometimes kids need zeros in order to understand that life that I've done as a teacher, there's a couple of things, and this is, here's a couple of caveats um, before I go into this. Number one, I've always taught high school. So my perspective is totally coming from the place of high school and what I would do for students age 15 to age 18. And Let me also say that I'm a parent to four children, one who is a high schooler and the rest who are elementary. Elementary, I think there are some things that they have to take into consideration before they give children zeros. But as far as high school, many kids that I found who came into the ninth grade, they really and truly, bless their hearts, did not understand the power of a zero. Um, And many times in Memphis and in Atlanta, I would get kids in my ninth grade literature class who had never failed a course before. And it wasn't because they didn't fail because they were brilliant, but they had never, in middle school and elementary school, they had never been held responsible for what they did not do. Um, Sometimes in school politics, um, in middle school, it's very extremely hard to fail a a class and a student. 
And so students know this. And so students know they can do bare minimum and they can pass. So when they get to ninth grade and they get those ninth grade classes and they're looking and they're changing classes and they have all this freedom, they really in their minds believe that they are going to pass no matter the lack of effort on their part. So what usually would happen was during the first report card period, which was usually about four weeks into school. So we're talking probably at the end of September, um, end of September, early October, students get a progress report. And in their progress report, they get not only their grade so far in the class, but they also get all of the assignments they've turned in and the grades on them. It never failed. Every time that I gave a gray report out, there would be students who were floored, not just shocked, but floored that they did not pass. I would usually, and um, I don't give out gray reports until the very end of the day. So at the end of the class, students would be called up. I would give them their gray report. They would sign for them and class would be over. So literally within the last two minutes of class, they would sign and then they could leave. I would always get kids who stayed behind and in a shocked face, they would ask me, well, how did I feel? And we would look at the gray report and I would show them, well, you didn't turn this in. You didn't turn this in. You didn't make up this. You didn't take this test. You didn't do this. So you didn't pass. And even me, after I went through all of that with them, they still didn't understand. So for the next four to five weeks, I would have parents coming up, some irate, um, some totally shocked as their child on why their child was failing. And so what I started to do was in my classroom, and this is just best practices, um, I started to have every two weeks I updated grades. So every two weeks my students knew that their grades were going to be updated and it was going to show what they did not turn in or what they did turn in. And I always made it a point to put in a zero if I did not receive an assignment from a child. I can't tell you how many students were, would be angry with me after the first progress report. And I was always really, really curious about why they were so confused until one day I pulled a child aside and I said, you know, what did y'all do in, in, middle, school, um, in middle school for grades? And the students would say, you know, the teachers gave work, there were expectations, but they couldn't fail us. And the first time a child told me that, I said, what do you mean they couldn't fail you? They said, you know, they had to pass us. We, you know, they, they told us, the teachers told us they had to pass us. The principal wouldn't let them fail us. And once I had that conversation with that student and other students like her, it really shaped my thought onto what is happening in some middle schools. And this is not a, 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 um, a direct shot at middle school teachers because they have a a funny situation in that you can't hold a child back so many times because you age out of middle school. But even more importantly, if your principal does not support you holding children accountable for their grades, it's very difficult for you to. So that gets into my point. Yes, students should be, at, it's okay to give a child a zero. Um, the second reason it's okay to give a child a zero is that children have to learn personal responsibility. And with that personal responsibility comes that sometimes these children have not been held to the belief that they're accountable for their actions. I'm going to give you an example. I had a student who was absent. Um, we went to school 90 days first semester. And this student was probably absent 45 out of the 90 days. 
And as a school community, we had called parents, we had enlisted social workers, we had sent work home, we had done everything that we could possibly do to get this student to pass. However, she didn't do any of the work. And towards the end of the semester, she started to come to school more regularly. And she was shocked that for all the time she wasn't there, she received zeros. She argued with us in parent conferences and in student conferences that because she wasn't there, the work shouldn't count against her. And we tried to explain to her, but it was to no avail. And it wasn't until we said, you know, if you miss 45 days of your job, will you have a job? She said, no. I said, okay, so how can you miss 45 days of class and you have a grade? And I could see in her, in her face, in her mother's face, just the confusion and the look and the thinking going on. And after a lot of discussion, a lot of um, back and forth, the child did not pass. But it brings home my second point that a lot of times in high schools, students need to be held accountable for their grades. Now, with that being said, um, teaching them personal responsibility, teaching them the difference between middle school and high school, there are some things that I, just some best practices that I learned as a teacher um, to avoid giving children so many zeros. So let me give you an example. Every week in my class, um, actually every month, but week to week was probably more accurate. I had a class website where I listed all of my assignments, all of my due dates, and there was a link to them. So when students weren't um, present in class, I could direct them to the online um, class for them to look on. And even if a child didn't have a computer at home, I would tell them, take the last five minutes of class, print off what you need, and that is your makeup work. In addition to doing that, I told all of my students, yes, I give zeros. However, if you've been absent, you can come after school anytime and you can make up your grade. And if it was an excused absence, you can get full credit if it's, if it's correct. However, if it's unexcused, I would take a certain percentage off. So that was, I wanted to make sure the kids knew how important it was in class. I also, in my later, um, years in the classroom, I started to do a lot more mastery grading. So if I had a child who was failing, I would tell the child and I would tell the parent that I want to see, I know your child missed 10 assignments, but I want to see, does your child know the content? And so one of the things I had them do, I would give them some type of assessment and I would have them do it. And based on what they made on the assessment, could replace the grades they were missing. And since I taught ELA, a lot of my assignments were based in writing. So if I had a child who missed several days and they would come in, they say, you know, where's my makeup work? And I would say online, it would be their makeup work would be connected to some type of writing, whether it be a constructive response, whether it be an essay, whether it be a journal, but it was connected to writing. And what I like doing that, because that allowed me to really see um, if students really understood the content that we went over in class. And it helped kids understand that, okay, you've missed 10 days, and now Ms. Um, Warren is asking you to write an essay over Beowulf. Well, if I haven't read Beowulf, I can't write the essay. I wasn't in class. I didn't know they did Beowulf. So it helped cut down on a lot of the egregious skipping that I would see. Another thing that I started to do was I used to make the kids, so let's say, for example, that you missed three essays. 
and you were trying to make up your grades. Not only did you have to make the three essays up, but you also had to do the peer editing that went along with it that I gave a grade for and the revisions. So I made it to a point where students understood how important it was to be in my class. And if you weren't in my class and you earned a zero, that you would have to really work to replace that zero with a viable grade. In high school, a lot of times we find that Kids are so, they've never been held accountable for anything. So as a grade level, we used to have grade level policies for work. So that once, there was the same throughout each class that each student went to. So if Johnny was in algebra and he came to my ELA class, well, I had the same makeup work policies as the math teacher. So all in all, it's okay to give a child a zero if they're in high school. I think as teachers, sometimes we get blamed for when students don't pass. But many times, students have to take accountability for their work. Um, an example that I have, another example that I have, is that my oldest son, who is 15 in the 10th grade, he is not, he was not doing well in AP language. And one of the things that he came to me about, he was upset about him getting a zero on assignment because he didn't follow directions and it wasn't how the teacher asked for it. And he came to me wanting me to um, go talk to the teacher. And I told him, I said, I'm not going to do it. She was very explicit in the instructions she gave you. You blatantly did not follow them. You get the grade that you get. It taught him that I can't and I'm not going to bail him out of every situation. And more importantly, it taught him that he has to have conversations with his teachers about his grades. He's in the habit now that every other day he'll go online and he'll check his grades so that he's not surprised by any grades that he has or he doesn't have. So I try to instill to him and his father that he is responsible for his grades. I'm not. If something particularly egregious is happening, um, for example, he was in an AP World Literature class and there was no writing of whatsoever going on in the class, then you can have me come up there and I can have a conversation with the teacher. But I think that as high school teachers, it's really important for students to understand that the zeros matter and that it's important for them to take school seriously. Now, the pushback is that you will get kids who don't care about getting a zero. I had kids in my classroom who have failed, who literally have failed every standardized test they've been given. I mean, those don't tell much. But more importantly, they had failed every grade they had been in. These kids had been to summer school from gr third grade, from when you can start summer school in our district, third grade all the way to ninth grade. They had always been in summer school. And so for those kids, I had to get a little bit creative and I had to figure out why were they not doing homework. Some of my kids had full-time jobs after school because they were the breadwinner in their family or had other kids who took care of younger siblings or some of them who took care of their parents um, because their parents were special needs. And so for those kids, I had to have, I had to be creative. I can remember one young man who um, he went to summer school every summer. And so for him, when I saw that he wasn't doing work, I had to sit down with him and we had to have a conversation. And the conversation was around, do you want to go to summer school again this year? Or do you want to finally be able to have a summer where you can 
work and you can be on track with your credits. And surprisingly, he was very open to working. And he said that, you know, he had a difficult time doing assignments. He didn't understand when he got home. Sometimes he did forgot the book. And so for him, I got creative in the sense of I would give him a month printout of all the work that we were going to do. And every day that when I went over in class, I would work with him one-on-one so that he really understood what I was asking him to do. So there were special situations. Um, As high school teachers, we know that we'll see students who have been receiving Fs for their whole lives. A zero doesn't matter. So I implore those teachers of those students to really sit and figure out what makes that child tick. And is there anything that you can do to motivate that child to get what they need out of your class so they can move on? Um, That's all that I have for tonight. Um, Episode 21. Next week, we're going to record, we're going to talk a little bit about what do you do when you know you don't want to teach anymore, when you absolutely know this is not for you. And so we're going to be talking to some people who made that decision um, and what they're doing now. Have a great night and we'll see you later.